Thank you for that. Okay, so the question, <laughs> how do we deal with the hell of this world? Okay, so let's all read the question together. Ready? One, two, three. How do we deal with the hell of this world? You know, we've been talking about the kingdom of heaven. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. And last week we talked about the idea that the kingdom of God is like heaven. We have a responsibility to establish heaven here. You know, everything that God gave in Genesis is possible for us. He gave a place that was wonderful, that had love, deep relationship with God, peace. So in your life, you need to cultivate heaven on earth. In your home, is your home a heaven? If not, you need to cultivate that. Is your workplace a heaven? If not, you need to cultivate that because here's the thing. You are the closest thing to Christ many people will see. So if you're being like everyone, you know, sometimes my coworkers can talk bad about the bosses. If we're just joining in, we are cultivating hell. You have to recognize I'm different. Yes, you can say, okay, maybe they're frustrating. And then you have to verbalize it. Come towards solutions. God wants to reconcile people. So work together, right? You are the agent of heaven here. But then, you know, it makes us really think some people are really going through hell on this earth. If you really think about it, some people have hardships. And they might look at me and say, Sam, like, you say all of these nice things. You have a good life. You can establish heaven because it's easy for you. What do you do about if you have a situation that's almost like a hell on earth? Because genuinely, people go through hell on this earth. Some people. You know, I was talking yesterday at the meeting. I spoke at a meeting. And there was a counselor there. And she was telling me everything that was going on in her school. She's like, you know, like, there is these two girls who like were f fighting against their mom, like right before Mother's Day. She was saying one of the boys was being abused by the dad and was shot by the dad in the stomach. The dad shot the son. And I was like, which high school are you at? And she was like, I'm at an elementary school. Yes, the things that people go through on this earth is genuine hell. And you wonder, man, God, can we do anything to help these people? Can, can they have heaven in the midst of their situations? And, you know, it's always easy to look at anyone else, but maybe even for ourselves, it's like there are these hells that within us, we have anxieties and there's these attacks that come against our own mind that sometimes we feel like we may be living in a hell here. It may feel overwhelming and stressful, and you may feel like, how do I overcome this? So this is an important question. How do you deal with hell in this world? And I didn't post this early. I, I, I was just going to, you know, I've been posting every week that I think some people are tired of it, which is okay. But also, I will, I, you know, just change things up. So I'm curious to you guys, do you all have any answers to this? If you're dealing, let's talk about, Somebody with anxiety or somebody like those kids who are in that situation. How do you handle that hell? And you know, the hard part is that counselor who was trying to help those kids. She was like, it almost became a, a stress for me. You want to help everybody, but then the hell then comes to you. So you're almost like, I'd rather not even deal with those things. So can I ask, how do you deal with the hell of the world? Run away. Okay. Just wait for heaven. Just keep sit in our room and just pray, God, take me to heaven. <laughs> That's what most Christians do. You know, even when I talked about last week's thing, when I said heaven can be here, it goes against our minds. 
Everything we grew up is like, we're ready to go to heaven one day. But he's like, I want you to make a heaven here. That's why Jesus came here. How do you deal with that? How do you give heaven to them? <laughs> Take them out of the situation. You ready to do that? Okay. <laughs> no, I mean, it's hard. That's like saying, that's why, you know why I think God likes adoption. Take care of the orphans and the widows because Think about this. When you adopt someone, that's just what Jesus did. You take them out of a hellish situation, bring them into hopefully a heaven, but you're bringing the hell into your situation. Whatever hells that they experience, you're bringing. Why do you think no one wants to adopt or foster? Because it's difficult. But you're right. I think ideally we take them out of it. Yeah, because you're, you're entering into that hell space. You know what I mean? Let's, let's not go other people. What about the hells that we face? You know, sometimes people will come at us and then we feel bad. We, the hell comes onto us. You don't want it, but they put the hell on you. <laughs> so what do you do about that? May your heart be uh, strong. Yeah. Almost saying pray for them and have a steadfastness in your heart. Others, what do we do? Like, yeah, I agree. And you know, you said something right. And I've been telling people this recently. Like the community, what you surround yourself with matters. If all of your friends are hell, you're going to have hell in your life. If all of your friends have heaven and are looking towards heaven, you will have that strength. This is why a good church matters. And for many churches, a socialization, and because of that, they're in hell. You know, I was talking to someone recently, and his wife was talking with all of her friends who were, all, they all got divorced. So guess what happened to this lady? She went and got a divorce from her husband. And so the, I, I was talking to the husband, and he was like, I loved her. I took care of her. He, she didn't even have to work. Like she, she stayed at home and she came and she was like, oh, you're, you're going around doing bad things. But it's because of her company. Like hell can come to us by the people you surround yourself with. She did. Well, I, I don't think we as people, what you surround yourself with matters. So your church community matters and the friends, even apart from the church community, matters because it points you to heaven or it points you to hell. There's no in the middle. One thing I've learned in the scriptures, there's no in the middle. You're going up or you're going down. So be mindful of who you're keeping around you. So that was a great one, Marvin. Any last ones? Like, you know, thinking even internally, like when you're dealing with the stresses, how do you handle it? Jessica was mentioning that it's the idea of accountability and people who will hold you accountable, who will go deeper and ask the questions that are important. Okay, let's get into the text then. And I think uh, God gives us some guidance through the text, what we can see. You know, we see a story of a man who probably is going through hell. Can you agree with me? They sailed, they sailed to the region, and he was met by a demon-possessed man. And what are some of the hills that he was going to? He was a man, for this man had not worn clothes or lived in a house, but he lived in the tombs. So what's the first hell that we see? He isolated himself. One of the things I recognize about hell is when you're going through hell, you don't want to be around people. The enemy always wants you by yourself because when you're by yourself, you're easy to beat. A cord of three strands is not easily broken. I want you to recognize that whenever you're going through your hardship, this is not even my message. This is just, I don't know why God is sharing this, but this is me spitballing. Never let yourself be isolated. If there's a day you're mentally going through hardship, tell someone, tell the Lord first, Tell someone out loud. There's strength when you bring your issues out to the open. When he saw Jesus, he cried out and fell at his feet. In verse 29, 
Many times it had seized him, and though he was chained hand and foot and kept under guard, he had broken his chains and had been driven by the demon into solitary places. So we see that he couldn't even be controlled. So this man, I think, is someone going through hell. I don't know if you've ever seen a hell like this. This is a pretty bad hell. Wouldn't you agree with me? And so we get, it's, we're going to see some sense of how Jesus approaches him, and he gives us guidance on how to approach situations of hell. The first thing I think I recognize is you have to admit your problem. You know, there's, I see a picture of someone who broke a window and someone admits it and someone doesn't. From a young age, we either go one way or the other. You are someone who admits you have a problem or you're someone who will lie about it, right? And learning to admit it earlier is beneficial. You know, one thing I've learned is if someone will not admit their problem, there's no point in even telling them any solution because they think they're fine. We look at this situation, right? Uh, the first question Jesus asks him is what? What is your name? What an interesting question. You know, like a superhero comes into a situation, he doesn't go to the bad guy and say, what's your name? He just starts fighting him, <laughs> like in any show that I watched, right? Like, why didn't Jesus just come and say, be gone in the name of Jesus. The man answers up here, it says, Legion. He said his name was Legion. And he identified himself by his problem. Can you agree with me? So I think what Jesus' hope was, was identify yourself. Identify your issue. When there's a hell happening, a person has to admit it. And when they admit it, it's the first step towards healing. Like I said, if someone is not willing to, then I know that there's nothing you can do to help. I've learned this all, a lot in my teaching. Like, you know, I, we always have meetings with parents, especially with students who may be having their issues. And in my first year of teaching, there was a student who was so gifted, so smart. I remember he was brilliant. Like I could put a problem in, he already knew what to do. And so, but his average was literally always a 70 in my class because he literally did no homework assignment. And so I, I thought, like, all right, man, like, just do your homework and you'll be fine. And so we went to the meeting with the parents, and the parents were like, oh, maybe he has ADHD. He has all of these issues. And they were like, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, all the, everyone's talking about all the issues. And I was like, in my mind, I'm like, he's just lazy. Like, no offense to him. So at the end of the meeting, I was just like, could you, could, I know all this could be true, but maybe could it be that you're just lazy sometimes? Like, we're all like that, you know, at times. One day I was walking around the room while they were doing homework, and he was just watching a show. Don't say that it's like ADHD. Like, you just want to do something else. Like, you don't, you don't want to work. And he's like, no, it's not laziness. I just, I, like, if it's not engaging enough for me, I just want to do something else. And it made me think we have a bad job admitting that there's something wrong. Like, you know, and the sad part is everyone else wants to skirt around it too. Like literally I told my other coworkers I said the word lazy. And they're like, you can't say that at a meeting. You know how mad parents will get today if you say that word? I've had parents get mad at me for saying their student is lazy. I'm like, if that's the problem, we have to say that. You're never going to address the issue till you admit the issue. That's for all of us today. And even Jesus shows us. Before I can do any work inside of you, I need you to verbalize it. But instead, what do we do? We ignore our issues. We push it to the side. 
we will normalize our issues. We'll just, this is a normal part of life. This is just how people talk to each other. We yell, that's normal. No, that's not normal. That's not the way God ordained that, right? There are things that we have normalized and we have allowed to be hell in our life because we can't just start by admitting that it's a problem. I'm gonna give you another, this may be a weird example of this, but okay, so I used to have this big a guru, a kudu right here, like a bump. And I remember it was like weird. And I, I would like, you know, sometimes scratch it and, and it smelled weird. But I was like, whatever, it was just normal. <laughs> it was kind of weird. And then one day, uh, after like, I didn't have my shirt on and Hep saw it. And she's like, what is that? And so she started like poking at it. And then she like digged that a little bit. And there, she pulled that one piece of hair inside of it. There was a piece of hair inside the bump. And she kept digging and there was three, four, five pieces of hair stuck inside and it was growing. I know it was disgusting. <laughs> but for me, for me, I was like, I didn't think anything of it. It was just normal to my life. But when someone else saw something that wasn't right, they were able to expose me and help me be better. I just, I want to challenge you today. If you want better in your life, if you want to grow towards heaven on earth, you have to admit some problems with your life. The way that God has you is not where you need to be. There is more available for you. There's a closer connection with God. There's a better life that he's given here. But you have to admit it first. Jesus will never force it on you. He'll never say, I want to give you heaven, you know, like a super saiyan. Like he's not going to force it on you. He's going to let you. If you want to live in your hell, live in it. You know, it's so interesting throughout the scripture. Whenever Jesus warns people, some people take it and some people don't. You know, David, David, when God told him, you did wrong, he literally said, he went down on his knees the first thing and he said, God, I did wrong. Why did he have a victory? Why did he have a change in his life? Because he had the humility to say, I did wrong. Uh, there's something wrong with me. So I just want to cha challenge you today. Um, start to admit your issue. And don't just admit your issue, start to understand your issue more. Like you look at this man, he says legion. He doesn't just say, I have a demon. He said, I have legion. Do y'all know what the word legion means? Right. So what legion was in reference to the Roman army. It was a unit, just like there's like a, a it, yes. So a legion was 5,000 members in the army. So some people are saying that he had 5,000 demons inside of him because that's in reference to the Roman army. Some people even say maybe there was 2,000 demons inside of him. Do you know why they say 2,000? There was 2,000 pigs. So when the demons left and went into the pigs, there was 2,000 of them. So this man had such an understanding of his issue. He knew that it wasn't just a small issue. This is a big issue, and he spent time with it. He understood it. And I want to challenge you, you need to sometimes spend time with your issues and understand it. It's the first step towards healing. We have spent so much time ignoring it that it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. You know, I was talking to a friend on Friday and I was mentioning like, what is your aim in life? And she was saying like, I don't really know. And she's like, but I don't want to deal with it. And I was like, why? Because the second I start to deal with those deeper things, it's overwhelming to me. We don't like to deal with ourselves because it's overwhelming. 
But I really want to encourage you today, if you want victory in your life, you have to come face to face with yourself. You know, my mom always tells me this. You know, a lot of her issues came from her mom. Like my mom is like, I talk so abruptly and rudely. And she's like, that's just how my mom was. Sometimes if you start to spend time looking at your issues, you realize you didn't even bring this issue on yourself. It's other people brought this issue on to you. But you have to come face to face with that. So I want to challenge you today. The first thing I want to say today is this. What is one area that you're not living into heaven? Spend time with your issues. I'm going to say two more things about this before I move to the next point. One, I'm going to say this. We spend more time talking about other people's issues than our issues. If you ever want to spend time on the phone with someone, start talking mess about somebody else. <laughs> you can have a great conversation with someone. <laughs> right? We love talking. Why? It's so easy to talk about. You know, we could do a PhD study on somebody else's issue. <laughs> but then we start talking about our issue. Hey, the conversation goes a little shorter. <laughs> we don't like dealing with ours. There is no benefit in doing a PhD study on somebody else. Understand yourself. There, see, here, honestly, I'll tell you this. When you spend time with yourself, there is victory. When you spend time looking at yourself, there's victory. And maybe you're sitting here like, Sam, I don't really know anything off the top of my head that I need to grow in. I'm going to challenge you, look to Jesus. This is my final thing I want to say about this. Look to Jesus. Because when you look to this perfection, the image of who is, you look at yourself and you say, I'm wretched. I'm nothing, God. I'm so selfish and I'm so lacking in faith. And so I want to encourage you, maybe you're just like, I'm good. My life is good. But no, look to Jesus. Say, He is our image. You see how loving and kind He is. So the first question you have to answer, and I hope you really think about it, is what is one area that you're not living into the heaven that God has allowed for you? Talk to God and God will give you clarity. I really do think looking at your life is an important thing. Like reflecting on your day, because sometimes we just live and we don't even realize what we do. So spending time with God and saying, am I looking like Christ? Are there parts of me that are not? So answer this question. You should hopefully in this week answer this. What's one area that... Uh, that you're not living into the heaven that God has allowed for you. The second thing I want to say is this, trust in the power of God. Because once you admit your issue, it's not like you have to stay there. So we look at this and he said, the man admits his issue. What was his issue? He said, I'm legion, because many demons had gone into him. And what's the immediate thing that happens? The second you admit your issue, they beg Jesus repeatedly not to order them to go into the abyss. I want you to recognize one thing. Any problem that you have stands nothing in comparison to our God. Whoever you are, whatever you've gone through, you might have said, I have built this situation up myself. I'm deserving of the hell that I'm living in. And God says there is nothing in this world stronger than him. Nothing. End period and nothing stronger than our God. And so I want you with authority to walk in that, in that authority. Walk in that victory. Your admitting your issue is to present it to God. And God says, I'm ready to give you victory. And it's so beautiful because God has given us means of victory today. Maybe you have a sickness, if you're listening online or even here, and medicine is the means. God is allowing, He works through the medicine. Maybe you have anxiety. Admit it. 
And maybe you need to go talk to a therapist or a counselor. God has given us things today to help us to work through our issues. Can y'all agree with me when I say that? But I go further and say, sometimes there are situations that may be even bigger than what the world can handle. Can you agree with me? And in those situations, we look to God and we get on our knees. We look to God and get on our knees and say, this is my issue, God. I need your strength. There was a boy that had a demon inside of him that he would fling himself into things. And they brought him to the disciples and the disciples uh, prayed for him, but he wasn't healed. And then they brought him to Jesus and Jesus said, oh, you weak people. And so Jesus prayed and the demon was cast out. And the disciples later came to him and they asked him, why couldn't we heal him? And he says, there are certain things that require you to get on your knees and fast. There are some victories that God has for you if you will get on your knees and fast. Victories in your character, victories in your home, generational curses that you have lived in, if you will get on your knees and fast, there's victory. But that's your responsibility to submit yourself to God and say, God, I can't do this alone. Here is my issue. I'm bringing it to you. There's nowhere else I'm taking. I'm bringing it to you. You have to take that responsibility. I'm telling you this. Heaven is your responsibility and your duty here. You get to enjoy heaven. So if you're living in hell right now, maybe you need to get on your knees and pray a little bit. There was a story of Smith Wigglesworth. I always bring him up. I'll end up quick, okay? But he was, he was a man that always battled anger. And at one point, his wife was like, I'm not going to live with a man who lives like this. Like, you need to fix this. So he spent seven days fasting, not for a job promotion, not for any more money in his life, that his character would change. Maybe we need to stop just fasting for things here and for us to live into the fullness of what Christ has for us. I just want to challenge you today, okay? Uh, the first thing is admit your issue. Second thing, trust that God is still stronger than your situation. And the way you can live into that is get on your knees and pray. Finally, I want to end with this. This is my last and final point. Run towards the hell. You know, firefighters are this interesting breed because when a fire is happening, what is most people doing? Run away. But what does a firefighter do? Run in. You hear stories of 9-11 and it was like everyone is running for their life. But firefighters and policemen are running up to help people. To me, that is an image of Christ. We look in the verse, verse 26, and it says, they sailed to the region of the Gerasenes, which is across, across the lake from Galilee. So every person had isolated this man, yet Jesus had an appointment with that man. Every person said, I want nothing to do with this person. Yet Jesus said, I want to go straight to him. Isn't that encouraging? When everyone runs away, you know, as you start to have victory in your life and create heaven in your earth, when you create heaven where you go, my challenge for you is run towards the hells. You need to, just like Christ, we don't get to experience Christ just so that we feel good about ourselves. You experience Christ so that you can bring that to other people. You know what was right before this verse, by the way, in verse 26? In verse 20 to 26, it was when there was a storm. And they were coming across, and what did Jesus do? 
Jesus stood up and calmed the storm. You know, like we may be people, like when we want to go help someone, if there's a roadblock in the way, I'm done, I'm out. Like I tried God, like I couldn't. There was, there was a storm, I couldn't go. Jesus has such a focus. He has such a focus to say, those who are in hell are my responsibility. So I want to encourage you, go towards the hells in your life first. Conquer your character issues because God has given you victory. Conquer the generational things because God has given you victory. Conquer your home because God has given you victory. And as you begin to establish the heaven, go towards the hell of others. That is the duty of the Christian. That's hard. Because like we talked about earlier, when you go to the hell of someone else, that's coming to you. But that's still our duty nonetheless. So I want to encourage you, you know, I have just one last story and I'll be fun. I'll be finished. You know, as a teacher, I get to experience a lot of this where so many students go through hells. They're lost and not because of themselves. It could be bullying. It could be their parental situations, their home situations. They are living in a hell. And I'm so glad God gives me an opportunity. And it was my first year of teaching, which was my worst year of teaching. The kids were so mean to me. They bullied me. I think I had ulcers at one point in that year. But there was this one girl named Madeline that comes to mind. And Madeline was one of the quiet ones in my class. And, you know, like I would ask her a question, you know, seven times seven or whatever. And she'd be like, like she'd never respond. She didn't speak. So I went and talked to the counselors. And they said she had a traumatic experience where, like, I think she saw a teacher have a seizure, seizure or something like that. And from then, she never spoke in school anymore. She didn't care for it. And so every other teacher was like, okay, just leave her alone right there. Let her be. But I was like, no, like maybe this is my, my responsibility. So I remember I used to eat lunch in the cafeteria, the terrible cafeteria lunch. And I was in line one day, and Madeline was there right in front of me. And again, I had a choice to make. Ignore her and just like get my lunch and go. Or try. Let me enter into the hells because I had tried. I'd be like, hey, like, what do you do for fun? Like, okay, okay, like, do you like math? And so it was just difficult, you know, and you try and it's just like, okay, you're like, okay, I don't have to. Like, she doesn't really care for it. But I kept persisting and I kept saying, if this is an opportunity, God, I hope I can love her. And so then finally I asked her, hey, do you watch like shows or anime or anything? And her eyes lightened up. Like, she was like, I actually watch One Piece. And I was like, I love One Piece. And then we started talking about it and all the characters in the show. And she became a different person. I, we would talk about it. And I, I don't know, just w from that small thing, I was like, you should answer more questions in class. And I found out not only was she smart, she was one of the smartest in my classes. She went from being like sitting there quietly like this to helping other students in the class. She went from my regulars class to next year going to an honors class. And it was just a small thing of me extending my hand of love that when she was in hell, all she needed was someone who was from heaven, who had the gift of God just to reach their hand out to her. That's all she needed. And that's all this world needs. But it just takes us being responsible. It takes us getting out of our world and looking at somebody else and saying, you know, Jesus did this for me. Why can't I do this for someone else? So I've gone quite longer than I should have today, and I apologize. 
but I'll end with this. Uh, how do you deal with the hell of this world? I gave you three things. The first thing I said was start to admit it. Start to admit in your own life maybe the hells that you have. Number two, do you all remember what it was? Good. Trust in the power of God. Because no matter your situation, God is still stronger. And finally, once we start to have victories, what do we need to do? Run towards the hell of others. And my prayer is that as we do this, we're not just a church in word. We're a church in action. We don't just become people who talk about Jesus. We become the hands and the feet of Jesus. So just take a moment. We'll end quick. Um, and ask God, God, is there any areas in my life first that I need to submit to you? And if it's not personal, maybe it's God is putting someone else on your mind. Maybe there's a hell from your neighbor or your friend or your coworker that God may be bringing to your mind today. My challenge to you is intercede for them. Pray for them and take a step of faith that maybe we can bring so many. Man, can you imagine a church of people who fight against the hell of this world and we save so many from the grip of the devil? We save so many. That's my prayer and that's my vision for this church. So I'm going to end with a quick word of prayer and we'll wrap up for today.